Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Game, brought to you by Raider Media with Derek Albert Sias Duplessis. And a new, he was a guest a couple of weeks ago, but this time around he's our co host, uh, Paul Harris. Welcome to the show for, for good now. How's it, guys? How are you doing? Have you signed your contract? <laughs> There's a clause in there. A clause in there. A World Cup contract. A contract for the World Cup. Okay, like I'll, I'll take that one. Full disclosure, this is round two that we're doing matters. Uh, reason being is, of course, that uh, we recorded this uh, a bit earlier this morning. And unfortunately, about an hour into recording, the entire system crashed. So we, we're doing it all again. Uh, Harry had to run off to a couple of meetings. Uh, did they go well? I went this, they went all right. Uh, continuing, let's put it that way. <laughs> We're broadcasting uh, live, well, delayed live rather, from Doppio Zero here in South Downs and Centurion. Thanks very much. Uh, they've been very good to us. I mean, they were really good to us this morning, even more so because, yes, we ended up being uh, an entire day. I think we've had about 12 coffees uh, each, so, and the coffee's been outstanding. Oh, you're so. over coffee now? Yeah, I think I'm buzzing a little <laughs> bit too much. <laughs> I can see colours. And here colours, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also a big thank you to Good Luck. Uh, once again, providing our theme song was discovered uh, earlier this morning during first recording. Let's just say our warm-up uh, uh, or our practice uh, that I am relate- related to the lead singer, Juliet. Yeah, I'm quite, uh, quite jealous, actually. They're fantastic. They, they know what they're doing. It's some good stuff. So, let's get straight into it. Harry, uh, okay, we, we're speaking straight after West Indies and Proteus. Uh, rained out, unfortunately. Uh, again, uh, I'm saying unfortunate, but uh, we did manage to get a point from that. Uh, our first point of the tournament. Last time we chatted was just ahead of the first game against England. And yeah, what a difference a, a week or two makes. Yeah, no, look, it hasn't quite gone according to plan. I think I'm being quite kind. Yeah, it hasn't been our best cricket over the last sort of two weeks. Uh, you know, a little bit unfortunate that game was rained out, although we were probably in a slight bit of trouble. But you would have imagined those conditions would have stayed the same the whole day and probably would have suited our... Our style. So pity that that rained off, but yeah, we got the point out of uh, the four games and um, all to play for. Got to win five in a row and hope that results for your way. The weather's not so good at the moment in uh, in the UK. They're expecting a lot of rain in the next couple of days. So hopefully we don't have a lot of wiggle room. There's not another rained out game. Yeah, I mean, Derek mentioned we're a point above Afghanistan. That's our next game in Cardiff. That, that, that now becomes a must-win game, as you said. We've got five to get on the bounce and uh, hopefully Lady Luck is going to shine on us with the weather. Well, it has to. It's uh, as simple as that. If another one gets rained out, we really are struggling. So, you know, I think we can, we can get a max of 11 points uh, from our remaining games. So, you know, we need to win them all. We need to win, actually, win seven to win the World Cup. So five to start off with in the, in the prelims. And hopefully with a bit of lady luck, we can get into that uh, into those semifinal playoffs. And who knows what can happen if you do get there. But I think for the first time ever, it's actually going to be harder for us to get to the semi-finals and finals than it is to actually win them so if we get there then it might be the former side uh, if we, you know, obviously we've got to win five in a row to get there and uh, the way we've been playing it doesn't look too likely but you never know these guys are all good cricketers they've all done it in the past so hopefully they can you know take the opportunities this next time around 
Harry, last time we spoke, we were speaking ahead of the clash against England, the opening match of the World Cup. And we mentioned how strong South Africa looked from 1 to 11 and uh, give or take one or two players. This time around, a wholly different scenario. No one uh, coming to the party as far as form is concerned. I suppose you could probably say Rassi van der Dissen and, and maybe Chris Morris uh, are putting their hands up. Otherwise, a wholly disappointing performance all round. And now you couldn't really pick our best 11. You couldn't really pick our best six if you're given the opportunity. Yeah, look, I think it was a bit of a problem before the World Cup, to be honest with you. I, th- I don't think we knew what our best, uh, you know, our, our starting 15 was. Uh, I think we were, you know, milling over it for too long. We didn't give guys enough time, uh, you know, especially the sort of youngsters in the side to, to really play enough cricket. Uh, you know, you, you, we're umming and ahhing about Hashim Amla before, and, you know, if he, if he wasn't going to go, I think the right decision was made in the end that he went, although he hasn't got runs, is, uh, um, you know, you would have had Risa Hendricks playing maybe a handful of games going into a World Cup. And then you have three guys, you know, you've got him, Rusty van der Dissen, and Aidan Markram that are relevantly, relevantly inexperienced at that level. And then it become can become a problem. So I don't think they knew what their best 15 was. Um, I don't think they knew what their best 11 was but leading up to the World Cup, which is a shame because they had four years to, to, to plan this. I mean, if you think about that lead up to the, to the World Cup, a guy like Dion Ulefir, who was on fire, suddenly signs a cold pack. Do you think that would have had some bearing on, on the selection? And then, of course, you know some form of some players dipping you know what were the contributing factors you think Harrow? Well, I think we've been a bit unfortunate with uh, bowlers in particular with injuries uh, you know Dale Stain out but although he's been out for a long period of time so you had time to sort of find a replacement for him if he wasn't available for the World Cup in fact I don't even think he was in their one day plans until about sort of you know, 12 months before the World Cup or 8 months before the World Cup I don't think Ulufield was as big, as big a loss in sort of white ball cricket as he was in, 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 the, in the red ball stuff I think that's his sort of best format of the game for now. I'm quite a youngster, but, you know, having Lungi and Gidi injured before, having Dale Stane injured before, you know, but they knew it going in, uh, and Rabada as well, was also injured before uh, the World Cup. They knew they had three bowlers that had been injured before, fairly serious injuries to two of them. There was always going to be a stage in the tournament where one of them, if not two, was going to be missing. So it was a risk. Was it a risk-taking? I suppose in hindsight, not. But uh, at the time, I would have, those bowlers I would have taken and taken that, that risk. It was more along the lines of, were they going to play two all-rounders? Uh, what sort of top six were they looking at? JP Dumini was also injured before. What's his form like? What's Hashim's form like? There was a lot of sort of, you know, up in the air, if there's a if lack of a better phrase, yeah. uh, over you know, quite a few of the players and, and quite a few of our key players. You mentioned Hashim. Uh, I think that was one of the, the bigger debates heading into the World Cup, whether he would make it or not. And if you look at his stats regarding ODIs, I mean, there's no question that he's certainly done the job back in the past. Uh, could he do it right now? That was the question. He, he hasn't been able to, form-wise, going into the tournament. And then he takes it bouncer to the head and uh, gets injured uh, pretty quickly. That was against England. Joffre Archer, too quick for him. And it was patently clear that he was too quick for him. And gets concussed, misses out against Bangladesh. And I was shocked that he was brought back in for the clash, uh, for the third match. Look, I think they're going, they're trying to go with experience, especially when you've lost a few in a row. And, and you know, maybe homework wasn't done uh, enough on, on, on Archer. You know, he's, he's, he's danger balls, his bouncer. It's a lot quicker than uh, his normal delivery, and it's very accurate. I think it was Faf Duplessis that said in the press conference afterwards that if they play against England again, then they'll know that that's his danger ball. Possibly should know that before you play against the side, although he hasn't played that much cricket, but he has. He's played a lot in the IPL. Guys know him, and that is his danger ball. Don't take him on. You know, Hashim Ahmed took him on, got hit in the head off. You know, Hash, at least Faf Duplessis himself took him on, was caught 
at deep fine legs. So you've got to know what bowlers are looking to do to you and how they're looking to get you out. And unfortunately, Hashim was hit. Um, I don't think they have too many other options, really, other than to pick him now. Um, you know, he is the experienced player. Um, you know, we, we don't have other batters that are really in form. So I don't think they've got anywhere else to go besides pick him for the, for the rest of the tournament and hope he comes off. I mean, you look at that side that was picked for the West Indies. Uh, I maintain it was, it was a pretty good balance. Uh, a look to that side where you've got David Miller back in the mix. I think he needs to be in the side. Rassi van Adissen, Aidan Markram, they're all guys who can play on their day. And I just feel that the balance was right for this West Indies. And unfortunately, the weather didn't allow us to see that team perform. Yeah, as I said, it was, it was unfortunate. And that does look like a decent side on paper. You know, and it's a bit more balanced with the extra seamer in, um, especially in the, in, the, in the English conditions. And, um, you know, I think Chris Morris brings a bit of balance to the side. I said it before. I know he's not, you know, he can be frustrating, I understand, for fans. But, you know, he can be a bit hot and cold, but he's a match winner. And he's one of those guys that needs to be thrown out there instead of just going to express yourself. You know, he's not one of the guys you're going to ask to go three and over and try and contain. He's a wicket-taking option. And with the bat, he can, he can change a game. Uh, he, can re- he really can. You can be out of it. He can come in, hit the ball from ball one, and he can clear the ropes. And, of course, here's a late addition to the squad coming in for the injured Anrik Nokia. A, a, a very late addition was Buren Hendricks coming in for Dale Stain, who didn't get to, to bowl a single ball in frustration uh, over at the World Cup. Happy with that replacement, or, or is it another case of, well, uh, lack of other options? No, look, I think he's done well, and he's the perfect bowler for the sort of English conditions. He swings the ball, he gets it up to the bat. Um, you know, I think if it had been in India, you might have you know, looked at, at, a, at a different, a different uh, option, Junior Dollar, um, who hits the deck hard. He's really quick, uh, had a brilliant one-day cup uh, uh, for, the, for the Titans. Uh, I think he was the highest we could take it by quite some distance. But I think that the horses for courses, the conditions in the UK will suit him. He's a left, left-handed bowler as well, brings something different. Let's just hope he gets the opportunity to you know, express himself and hopefully South Africa can win a few games. Do we know how much uh, cricket Buren's played in England? I mean, county stuff or, you know, club stuff? Do, I mean, he, he must have had some time in England. Sure, I'm not actually 100% sure. I think he might have gone on maybe an SAA tour or, or, something, or something like that. I don't remember him playing any county cricket, but I could be mistaken. Um, but he'll, I mean, he'll know, he'll, he'll, he'll swing the ball. He'll, he, that's what he's in his, his best. He knows how to swing the ball. He knows where, where to bowl when it's swinging. And he gets the ball up to the bat. Now, that's the key to, you know, English conditions when, it's, when it is swinging. It would have been lacquer to have seen. That's a fine. That's a fine. Yeah, there we go. Double tequila. We'll just sort that Thank one you. out here at Doppia Zero. Um, he, he's good for the conditions. So I think that was, uh, uh, that was the reason why he was selected over, uh, you know, the quicker, faster Junior Dollar. Yeah, I mean, Junior Dollar, we know he, he's, he can go 145 clicks. And then that becomes very difficult. And you've seen, you know, in the World Cup so far, it's the guys with real gas that have made a huge impact. Ferguson from New Zealand, uh, the West Indies have a few, and of course, Jofra Archer. I mean, is that something combined with our lack of confidence in our batting we should be concerned about going into these remaining five games? Well, I don't think the pace is an issue. I think hopefully Ngidi in, in will be fit again somewhere along the line of the tournament, hopefully not when it's too late. Um, so you'll have the pace. You've got Trabada there. You've got Morris. Morris is quicker than people think. He also gets it over 140. So then we've got that pace. I think our bowlers, we've got kind of covered with, uh, with Henrys coming back into the, into the squad and most probably into that starting eleven for the next game. It's the worrying point has been the batting. Uh, you know, we haven't in, we've got too many guys out of form. In the past, we relied heavily on Quinton de Kock and Fafti Pasi. Hasn't quite gone their way in this tournament so far. So, you know, you're looking for other guys to put their hands up. They haven't. JP Dumini has been disappointing. Um, you know, some people can say difficult for him as well, coming off injury straight into a World Cup. 
You know, all these all these sort of factors are coming in our in our in our batting unit, and at the moment, guys are getting thirties and forties, but they're not getting the hundreds that win you games. You know, you look at India; they've won their last two games, two hundreds. You know, Sharma gets a hundred, and then Shikhar Dhawan gets a hundred. And then you're putting on big scores. So, you know, the only team that, that get hundreds and lose are England. They know they had two hundreds, two hundreds in their game against India and lost the game. Uh, we mentioned Hashim Amla, but we understood that he came in without form. There's a man who, geez, he's almost like the yo-yo guy in the squad in Aidan Markram. So he came back against India, dropped uh, for that second game against Bangladesh, and you wonder to yourself. Uh, is he, is he one of those big, big match players on the local scene? Can, can he convert it onto the international stage? At the moment, we struggle to see it. And, and he would be the first to admit that if you look at his international numbers, I mean, they really are questionable. And you can go back to someone like Jacques Callas, who had a very slow start to his international career. Um, will he come good? Will we see him back in action again? He had a, a limited opportunity against the Windies and, and failed to, to make the most of it. Yeah, look, it's slightly worrying. I think he's shown that he can do it in test cricket. He's had a pretty good start, I mean, an excellent start to his test career. So he's done well in red ball cricket. But in the white ball stuff, for some reason, at the international level, he hasn't quite got it right. I'll tell you what, in first class cricket at white ball level, he's got it properly right. The guy scores big hundreds. He scores quickly. Uh, that's the reason why that the Titans have done so well over the last two, three seasons is he's got big, big hundreds. And, you know, he's played in England. He was playing before we, um, the South African side got there, before the World Cup. He got over 500 runs at 60 for um, for his county side. Um, you know, it's one of those things. I think you know he's not quite got there. Uh, he's got quite one or two good deliveries. It can happen in international cricket, and you know you got to you got to know your game. Is he as good as we think he is against spin? You know you're playing against the Indian leg spinners. They know what they're doing. They 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 proper. Yeah, some of the best in the world. So, some of the best, or if not the the two best uh, um, white ball bowlers in the world at the moment. So. You know, he's got to find, try and figure out a way to score runs at this level. Is it ideal that he's trying to figure that out at the World Cup? Probably not. Should he have played the last year every game for South Africa if he was going to play in the World Cup? Most certainly. So once again, I just feel the planning that went into it where these guys have gone to the World Cup inexperienced, out of form. They should all be experienced and maybe one or two players that are not quite in form but have the experience to be able to find their way out of it. I still think Markham's one of the first guys you have to have on, the, on that team list. I think because he can float and because he can do a role at the top of the order, he's a guy you have to have, and he's a long-term investment guy. This guy potentially could be a future captain of the country. You, know, you also got to understand how, are you, how much damage you're doing, how much you know, mental damage is happening to him by not getting runs at a World Cup. Is that affecting him? At the moment, we don't really have a choice, I don't think. You know, I, don't think I think JP Dewan is way out of form. Um, so I think that he's the you know the lesser of two evils. I'm sounding terrible, but at the moment that's 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 how bad it's got with a, with a, with a batting unit. You know, if you don't have Fuff firing, if you don't have Quinton the cock firing, it seems the rest of the team get dragged down. As soon as those two guys are scoring runs, then it seems we put in these massive totals on the board, and you can't rely on poor old Fuff to captain and do everything and have all the pressure on him and score runs every game. He's been so consistent, and so is Quinton de Kock. They're bound to have. At time, especially in England, where the ball goes around a bit in the beginning, where they're not going to score runs, so you need other guys to stand up. I think if you asked uh, anyone if, if they were to script a more disastrous situation for the Proteas than uh, what took place over the last two weeks, uh, they couldn't have done a better job than reality. You had the injuries, you had the, the bad tosses, you had the bad selections, then you had the AB de Villiers issue. Now this uh, reared its ugly head a couple of days ago. Remember you and I spoke a, a little bit about it uh, during the last show. Um, AB de Villiers coming into the mix, putting up his hand just prior to apparently the World Cup squad being announced. Um, yeah, what did you make of that? 
Well, I know that CS and I differ on this one uh, com- com- completely. Uh, we've uh, spoken a little bit off air that we, that we don't uh, agree. As uh, Look, I would have picked Abby de Villiers. I don't care if it was a minute before. Or I would have picked the guy. I would have, you know, he's the best I've ever seen. Uh, he lifts the whole side, lifts the squad, and uh, more important, the opposition teams really fear him. So I would have picked him. I understand that it hasn't been handled the best. No, let's rephrase that. It's been handled rather poorly by... Abby de Villiers himself, the last sort of two years of his of his career or or non-career, however you want to say it, and uh, you know maybe he hasn't been advised uh, 100% well over the last two years, and uh, you know it just hasn't been handled well, but also hasn't been handled well by by, by cricket South Africa. I think at some stage, if there was a sort of one percent chance he was still available to play for South Africa, then they should have sat down sort of in November, December last year, and come up with a plan to get him to play. He's that good a player. The public are robbed of one of the best players in the world. And, uh, and this uh, World Cup has been robbed of one of the best players in the world. So I would have picked him. I know it's against what um, 99.999% of the people are saying out there. Uh, they're sort of painting him as a, as, you know, as, as a bit of a devil. And uh, I know him extremely well. He's anything but that. Uh, he wants Africa to do well, and he wanted to play a part in this World Cup, and you know it wasn't to be. He's not bitter about it in any way whatsoever. He asked the question, it was uh, refused, and he carried on. There's no uh, resentment from Abu Dhabi at all, but certainly if he was available for me, uh, I'm, I'm definitely picking him. In the red corner? Well, if you look at the, the batting performances from the, the last few games, I mean, imagine A.B. de Villiers comes in at four or five even. It suddenly gives you that confidence. I mean, he's, he's a world-class player, and as Harrow says, he's probably one of the best that, that has ever played the game. But I do think that it was handled terribly and that he almost appeared to turn his back on the country. You know, that's the perception out there. A.B.'s a lovely guy. We've all dealt with him. Harrow, you know him personally. But I do think that at that stage in November, that should have been like, all right, all right, I will play Bangladesh Premier League. I will do IPL. I'm still available for selection. Not just like sort of slammed the door shut there and then got FOMO. You know, and I think that's why the public out there is going, well, maybe you should have, you know, come clean in November and hung around and, and maybe just saw out to the World Cup. But I do understand that the guy is an incredible cricketer and, and will add value to any side that he plays for. You've seen how he goes in the IPL when he bats with the likes of the Virats and he turns up. He's the man for the big occasion. Yeah, look, I also, there must be something else that's gone on uh, between AB Rivers and Cricket South Africa. I'm not sure what it is, but there must be some other stuff that's gone on because you know, he, wanted, he still wanted to play in the World Cup uh, and, and there's no doubt about it, but there must have been some sort of niggle between them and that's what I'm saying. I'm not putting all the blame uh, uh, on Abdi Villas' door. I think there was a way for Cricket Africa to resolve the situation and when you've got a player of his ability, you know, you've got to make the best, give it the best effort to get him to, 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 to play in the big tournaments and, you know, he didn't handle it well. We've mentioned that, but I, I just feel that Cricket Africa missed a trick and, you know, he, he retired a couple of times and I think that they thought, well, you know what, okay, now he's done. Uh, and, and I suppose for, for good reason, he said he had retired, but the, there was always that, people were always talking, there was always Abedivillers that still could come and play in the World Cup. And that wasn't a, a day or two weeks or a month before the tournament, that's been going on for quite some time. And I think maybe they were waiting for him to, for him to come to them and he was waiting for them to come, you know, to, to, to him. So... They should have found a way between the two of them for him to play in this World Cup. I think there was even in the IPL where he's like, at one press conference he says, aren't you going to ask me yeah. about my World Cup if I'm going to the World Cup? So he's been badgered the whole time. But the, if it was done 24 hours before the squad announcement, or who knows when it was done, that remains to be seen. But unfortunately, he's not there. So what when it was done? I mean, sport's not fair. And, you know, if you've got a better player than you, he plays. I mean, someone would have missed out, and, but you could pick anyone in that squad. 
Well, this is what, what Faf had to say uh, when he was asked about it following uh, the rained-out clash against the Windies. Uh, he didn't come to me. Uh, it was just a, a conversation, a phone call the night before the team got announced. Uh, it was just a, this, this is what I'm feeling. Um, I said to him that I think it's too late, but I'll, I'll check in with the, the coach and the selectors the next morning to, to hear their opinion on it. Um, as the squad was already announced or um, picked, um, but that day was the announcement when I spoke to the coach and the selectors the next day. All agreed that it was way, way uh, too late to, to, to change a team on 99.99. Uh, a couple of times we've heard that 99.99. And you, you made an interesting point uh, earlier during our, our first run of this recording. And he did mention the R word a couple of times in the build-up. He retired from international cricket. And, and he said that vehemently. And he said, I'm not coming back. Uh, so, but again... As you mentioned, uh, six of one, half a dozen of the other. It's not a guy who's just starting his international career. It's one of the best that's ever played. Look, he didn't, again, he didn't, he handled it incredibly poorly. If he wanted to still play in the World Cup, he, he probably shouldn't have retired. Well, he shouldn't have retired. But, you know, even if he, um, for me, he's so good that if he, whenever he decided to come back, I would have allowed him back in, in, in that side. I'm not 100% sure that that is the first time, maybe it is the first time Fuff's heard about that he wanted to come back, but. Um, I understood that, they, that, that he had already made himself available at the IPL, and that was you know, a couple of weeks, if not a month before uh, at the tournament. So I'm not so sure about the reports that it was the, 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 the night before. Uh, maybe, as I said, Fafa knew about it then, but you know, someone definitely uh, knew about it before that. I would just love one of the South African batsmen to average 99.99 at this World Cup from here on out. Well, the 99.99 person would have probably. They didn't pick him. Uh, let's just hope it doesn't uh, come out to be one of our bowlers uh, doing it with their bowling average. Uh, another thing that, that you could be able to shed light on within the camp, Paul, uh, having played it at the highest level, um, there's been a lot of media speculation that the camp would have been disrupted by, by all this, uh, the, the news regarding AB. Would that necessarily have been the case or would it probably have only applied to a player who... who he would have replaced uh, probably a Markram or a Fenderdissen. I would like to think not. I mean, uh, the, the Markram and Fenderdissen are, are, you know, they, they, they're not geniuses, but they're clever enough to understand that uh, if, you know, if, if Abby DeVillers was picked ahead of one of them, they would understand why. I mean, he's clearly the best player in South Africa still at the moment, um, you know, if not one of the best players in the world. So, you know, if you picked ahead of a guy like that, uh, you know, then so be it. I mean, you, you know, you, we, I once, once played a, a test match and one of the, I think it was against Australia, one of the Aussies guys said, you would never have played a game for us if, in Shane Warne's era. I said, well, no one would have played a game besides Shane Warne. No other spinner in the world would have played if Shane Warne was there. Really? So, I mean, come on. I mean, it's, 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 it's very simple. You, if you left out for a Shane Warne or for a A.B. de Villiers, then, uh, you know, you left out because the guy's better than you. you that, that's sport. Uh, it is what it is. And sport's sometimes a little bit cruel and it's not fair. But it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be the best playing against the best. And unfortunately, in this situation, the best is not playing. And I suppose other teams are looking like, South Africa haven't picked A.B. de Villiers? Oh, that's fantastic news. I would. I mean, that, he scares the living daylights out of a lot of these sides, especially a West Indies side. He's had, you know, times where he's absolutely mauled them, uh, you know, on more than one occasion. So, yeah, look, I, it, 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 was a, it was disappointing. I, understand, I can understand why they didn't pick him. So I'm not saying that they're, that they're wrong. I'm saying that I would have picked him. 
Uh, I saw a video on Crick Info. I think the journalists were Jared Kimber and Melinda Farrell. And Jared said exactly what you said. He said, sport isn't fair. He said, if you want to win a tournament, you want to win it with the best possible squad. If someone makes himself available at the 11th hour, then, then you pick him. Um, and again... He's certainly in the minority, judging by what we've read uh, over the, the last couple of days. And, and just regarding what I've read as well, you, you mentioned big game player. Stuart Hess, well-respected journalist, he had uh, some interesting remarks regarding A.B. de Villiers. He said, OK, granted, you can apply this to every single South African that's ever played because we've never won a World Cup. He said, but A.B. de Villiers has not actually won any trophies. I mean, you look at RCB, RCB, how many finals have they played? How many squads have they featured where it's him, Virat Kohli, Chris Gale, etc.? Um, the only real trophies won is uh, with the, the Titans, which is a very strong squad. Look, I think um, I'm not sure how many cover drives uh, Stuart Hess has hit, uh, so you can, we could also you know, say that about, 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 about him. So uh, the point is, is that uh, you, you might not have won a World Cup, and no South African has, but surely you still want your best side there. That's the point, right? He's your best player. That's your best opportunity to do it. So I find that a bit of an odd, uh, an odd argument that you've never won the tournament before, so don't, don't pick him. I mean, it's a bit, bit odd, that one, for me. Well, I think we can all, you know, if we can sort of bring this to a head, South Africa would love to have A.B. de Villiers at the World Cup right now, considering the situation in, because Afghanistan's a must-win. The rest of the games are must-win, and someone's got to fire. Is it Hashim? Is he going to come good? Is Quinny going to come good? Because the conditions aren't helping either. The ball's doing a little bit round, and this is a kookaburra ball with a little bit of difference, from what I understand. It's got a different finish. So maybe it is doing a little bit more. Look, I think those balls do a bit more in the beginning, but uh, the Duke balls certainly do it for longer. So if they were, if they were playing with the Duke balls, then it would be maybe even more difficult to, uh, to, to face the seamers. But I mean, one cricket has been played uh, for, forever with, uh, with, with cookers. Maybe you don't need two balls, two new balls in, the, in, in English conditions. Maybe there was an option in this World Cup just because it's in England not to have two new balls. Uh, just have the one because you know, it's not going to deteriorate as, as, as much there as it would, let's say, in the subcontinent or even here in, in, in South Africa it can be quite abrasive. So you know, I don't know if they, should, they need two balls in this, in, this, in this World Cup. It might have helped the batters a bit more. But then I've been looking at it, some of the, most of the time the bowlers need help. Um, you know, it's, it's only when it's overcast and doing a bit. But we've seen some pretty massive scores in this World Cup. And I, and I, and I expect to see as it goes on uh, a bit more. I find the timing of the World Cup strange in England. Is that I would imagine they would have started this tournament sort of end of June rather than end of May. Uh, you've always got a, a, a bit of a chance of, of, of rain earlier on in the summer in the UK and it tends to dry out a little bit um, uh, at the back end. Maybe that's the reason why they did it because it'll suit their, their home side. But, you know, they've got a, a pretty all-round a, a good side. So it's strange that they played it so early in the year. And, of course, the other thing is that they, it will end on the same day as Wimbledon final. Well, I mean, uh, I suppose that, that, that doesn't, that's not great because I mean, you've got tickets for both. So, yeah. so that, that's why you're not, uh, not happy about that. There's a vested interest. <laughs> yeah. There's a t- definite vested interest in, in both. Uh, look, it doesn't look like uh, South Africa are going to get there and this is a miracle. So I think you're probably going to be at Wimbledon. Yeah, I might just uh, do that. Hopefully Federer makes it through so I can su- uh, support some kind of South Africanism uh, over at the tournament. All you know is uh, Kevin Anderson going through to his second uh, consecutive Wimbledon final. Uh, wrapping up the South African portions of the show, uh, Afghanistan. Uh, if you had asked uh, someone, anyone, uh, a week ago whether this would be a closely run affair, you'd be laughed off the park. Uh, not the case this summer round, or, or, or would you still laugh them off? No, I'm still laughing them off. You, you know, you, you, we, 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 I think we're far too strong in these conditions for, for an Afghanistan, uh, especially they rely on their spinners quite a bit, and uh, I don't think the conditions are going to suit spin at all. I think it's going to suit, suit seam, it's going to suit our style of batting. Um, so I don't foresee it being a problem. 
Um, you know, these days you, you, you're still surprised when Bangladesh beat one of the biggest sides, but they've done it quite a few times and, and, and they're a much better side than they used to be. And if you're not on your A game, they can, as they showed us, uh, you know, in, 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 in a couple of games ago, they can, they can beat the best sides in, in, in the world if you're not on your A game. You know, I think that we'd have to probably be at about 30-40% and Afghanistan would have to be at their best to be able to, to, to beat us. Selection-wise, uh, as a former spinner, do you go with two options? I mean, you look at Imran Tahir and it just, uh, just looks like he hasn't quite fired or found a rhythm. Is it the conditions are cold in the hand maybe? Shamsi, is he... You know, what's your take I on... I think it's a, bit, it's a bit tough as a spinner when you're bowling to 230, 240. Uh, you know, the spinners need to have uh, runs to bowl to and Imran Tahir has done so well because our batting unit's done well. You know, he's not, you, you can't defend 240, Every now and then you might get a lucky and, and defend it. So conditions, yes, they do play a part, uh, but Imran Tia is good enough to bowl in all conditions. I, won't play, I wouldn't play two spinners in the next game. I'd have Bjorn Hendricks in as it was in the, in the previous game that got rained off. Uh, in those conditions, we, there's a lot of rain expected up until uh, the, our game, our next game. I think it's on Saturday. Um, so, you know, it, it will be wet. It will be maybe a bit overcast. They will be a bit in the wicket, so I don't foresee them playing two spinners again. I think that was more of the fact that there, were no, there was no one else. So unchanged from the West Indies that's possibly. That, yeah? I think that's exactly what's going to yeah. happen. You know, I don't think that there's any uh, reason to change it up. I suppose the only change they could think of, and, and, and it's much of a muchness, is, is pushing Adam Markram up the order and having JP Dumini in and, and, and not having Amla. That's probably the only way you could uh, look at it, but uh, JP Dumini's form hasn't been uh, spectacular either. I've got to ask one last thing while we're talking about this. Um, do you... Is there room for Hashim Amla to go to four, maybe? Or Aiden at the top with, with Quinny, maybe well, just I to protect Hashim a little bit? I wouldn't see the point of that at all. I think he's, uh, you know, he's made his name at the top. Uh, you know, that at four generally has to score quite quickly in those middle overs. Although the way we've been batting, it's been in the first 10. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, you, you're looking at that number four to sort of uh, strike at, a, at 100, 110%, 120% in those middle overs. And that doesn't really suit Hashim's game. He's normally, by the time that happens, on 60, 70, and he's in, and he can then you know, sort of work it around. So, no, if he's not opening for me, then he doesn't play. Right, that uh, wraps it up for the South African portion of the show. Stick around as uh, we'll wrap things up with regards to all the talking points from the Cricket World Cup 2019. Hey, this is John T. Rhodes, and you're listening to Inside the Cricket World Cup with Derek and Sias. And Paul Harris, thank you very much, uh, John T. At the end of the show, we'll be hearing his dream World Cup 11 of players that he's played with and again, Should be an interesting selection. I know we said uh, we've done with the South African side of things, but because we had John T. now, uh, yeah, that, that's been abysmal, our, our fielding. I mean, obviously our batting and bowling too, but that was one area of the game where we could always rely on and not so this time around. Yeah, it's a confidence thing. It certainly is. And generally, you'll see with, uh, with sides that aren't playing very well, with the bat or the ball, then that, that tends to take a knock as well. You, you know, you got David Miller dropping uh, uh, sitters, and not so long ago, he won man of the match just for his fielding. So, you know, it, 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 is, it is a confidence thing. It's, it's, it's something that, that I think can be rectified easier than the, the, than the, the sort of batting woes that we've had. And you'll see if the, if the South African side get on a roll and start scoring some runs and, and winning a few games, that I foresee that that fielding uh, you know, will, will, will definitely improve. Well, let's put it this way, it can't get a lot, uh, a lot worse. It's amazing to see in some games, like a, a fielder will pull off a great, uh, you know, diving save, get the ball and have a shot, hit the stumps, and it lifts the team. Like suddenly that little percentage just gives them a little bit of belief. And 
Well, let's hope to see that sooner rather than later, Paul. Agreed. Uh, you know, I think this, this team has been uh, so focused on, on being chilled and being under the radar that they've possibly gone into this, this, this tournament a little bit too chilled. You know? Under the radar, we didn't expect them to not leave uh, Johannesburg uh, for the first two weeks. So you know, we, we, we need a better performance. They know this. They're professional cricketers. They've been around the block. They're good cricketers. They haven't turned into horrific cricketers overnight. These guys are world-class players. And, um, and I expect them to bounce back, and I expect them to at least, you know, if you win the next four out of five, for example, uh, and, uh, you know, to save a bit of face, and if you really get lucky, get into those playoffs. So we've been uh, broadcasting this podcast from Dapio Zero here in South Downs in Centurion. A, a big thank you to them. They've uh, really looked over uh, after us over the last couple of hours. It was meant to be hour, but uh, yeah, as you heard, a few technical issues up front as we went to round number two. Um, also, a big thank you to Sports Nation uh, for sponsoring the show. Uh, they'll be sending us uh, over to the UK for the Manchester game that's uh, up against Australia. Uh, that's the very last match that uh, South Africa will be playing. In fact, that's the very last match that... Uh, the entire tournament will be playing before they head over to the semis and the finals. So hopefully South Africa will still be in the running when I'm there. It's uh, established in 2012 as a sports news and entertainment company. Soon it became apparent that there was a need in the local market for a sport-related travel management company. It's run by professional sportsmen and travel specialists, and that certainly is the case. Uh, you can simply log on to their website, uh, sportsnation.co.za. Unfortunately, the, the clash against Man- in Manchester is sold out, which is fairly good news for Sports Nation, but uh, plenty of other gigs coming up, including we've got the Rugby Championship, uh, a diluted Rugby Championship, but uh, the box going up against the Wallabies, and then we've also got clashes against the All Blacks, etc. So log on. Uh, you, you've in, in been involved with uh, plenty of uh, tours of late, haven't you, with regards to corporate stuff and breakfast, lunch, you're off to Namibia soon as well? Yes, we've got our annual golf tour, Dan Zwiebel. He runs a, a golf tour that's at a club called the Mayor in, uh, in Windhoek. It's a magnificent golf course, and they, uh, they look after you very well uh, on, on that side. A lot of Jägermeister, I won't lie. Uh, it's turned into a bit of a, bit of a drinking trip, but it's, uh, it's great fun, and, then, and they really look after us a lot. That's a herbal supplement, eh? Apparently, yeah, it is. Uh, it does other things as well. Keeps you up at night, unfortunately. That's the, the only problem that it does have. Uh, yeah, so yes, hope we have you on board for future events as well with Sports Nation. They've been a, a great company to get involved with. Yeah, no, and the uh, UK is ginger-friendly, so you know, there's no problems with that. And actually, you've got a bit of a story because the founder of Sports Nation is Malusi, who you went over with to the Hong Kong Sevens uh, yeah, a couple of years back. Definitely. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful uh, experience. Hong Kong is not just about the rugby, as we all know. It's a great, great party. And uh, I was looked after so there's well. Jager, there's so. Jagermeister there too. There was more than Jagermeister. Yes, yes, I'm after. sure there was. <laughs> yeah, so plenty of events uh, to get your head around. Simply log on to sportsnation.co.za. Uh, there are lots of events coming up, uh, including that one in Manchester, South Africa. Take on Australia in the final match of the round-robin phase of the Cricket World Cup. Hey, Chris Morris here. And you're listening to Inside the Cricket World Cup with Sias and Derek. And Paul Harris. Uh, yeah, let's uh, wrap up the show with talking points uh, that we've seen over the last week or so. Uh, we've dealt with plenty of South Africa stuff. So moving over to India, I, I saw someone mention that they certainly have managed to pull away from the pack somewhat following their two performances. I- I'd have to agree. Um, the way they decimated Australia, I think that... 
the scoreline flattered the Aussies. Um, it was only a, a Glenn Maxwell uh, barrage at the end, which kind of got them close. I think it was 21 runs in the end, the difference. But, uh, yeah, they, they were never really in it with about 20 overs to go. No, and they haven't had a, well, I suppose until that, uh, that last game, the, 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 the second game they played, is Vera Cody got that, I think they got 80-odd uh, uh, in, in that game. They've had other guys that have scored most of their runs, which is uh, you know, a huge positive for, for, for India. Sharma getting 100 in their first game, and Sikadawan getting 100. So they're not just relying on, 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 on their star player, Vera Kohli. You know, if he comes in and there's a platform set, then jeepers, you're in trouble. So that's exactly what happened in that game. You know, these guys don't go out uh, in these conditions and score sort of eight, nine and over in the beginning. They, they bide their time and in the last overs, they, I think they scored 15 and a half and over and they lost 10. So just shows you that's the sort of way to play on these wickets. So African can learn a bit from that. You know, a bit be a bit more circumspect up front, and then uh, have a bit of a crack at the end. But it looks to me like they've got all their bases covered, India. That's for sure. Yeah, they look so switched on and focused. I mean, a lot of other teams that we've seen in action maybe a little bit like off the boil. I mean, South Africa in particular, but India, they've hit the ground running. They've started the tournament a bit later than the other teams, but they've got all the weapons, all the tools, and they just look like they're the team to beat. I think if you look at the way Vera Kohli plays his cricket and he leads that side, I don't think he leaves any room for anyone to sort of be under the radar or lackadaisical. You know, he, I think he will read you the right act pretty quickly if you're not 100% focused, but it looks like they're also having fun. They're smiling, they're laughing. They know they're a good side. They're very confident. Uh, you know, I think the IPL has played wonders for uh, Indian cricket. The guys know how to play under pressure. Uh, looks like they're playing for each other. So, I mean, everything's going their way. Having said that, there are some other teams in the competition, if they're not on the A game every game, especially, you know, in those playoffs, which you expect them to get to, uh, then they can be beaten. I have this horrible habit of when I hear complicated names from sportsmen, I, I almost apply to a, uh, a lyric from a song. And then ever since, uh, whenever I get that in my head, that's the only way I'll hear their names. So, I'm interested to know what song you're singing for Fuck Off. <laughs> <laughs> the Pakistani opening batsman. That's quite an interesting song you'll be singing for that one to remember. Oh, God. Um, uh, it will come up soon, don't worry. But, uh, from South so, Park. So we had the, the tennis parlance a little earlier. So whenever I hear Stanislav Wawrinka, I, I sing it to um, Latislas Bonita by Madonna. Stanislas Wawrinka. And since then, I've now got uh, Shikadawan. You know, Ricky Martin, Shake Your Bon Bon. Oh my goodness. I'm worried Jesus about your playlist. I'm really oh my God. I really am worried about I can't about your hear playlist. that name. Sorry, you spoke about him earlier. He was simply sensational in that last clash. Uh, there were a lot of talking points from that game apart from the actual result. Firstly, the bails. The fifth time it's happened, the, the stumps have been knocked and the bails have stayed secure. Uh, I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's becoming even more of a batter's game, isn't it? Uh, no, look, they've got to have a look at that. Uh, I've, I've seen it a couple of times. Uh, I haven't seen it far, but I saw it a couple of times. Uh, where it, and it actually hit the stumps quite hard. It wasn't like I just glanced the stumps. There was one I saw which just, just nicked it. So you can kind of, you know, forgive the stumps for that. But they, might, they must be obviously slightly heavier or I'm not sure what's going on. But uh, the one, I, I can't remember, I think it was David Warner where he, you, know, you played on and it really hit the stump hard and it didn't even budge. Apparently, it's not the weight. Apparently, they're lighter. Than the, than, than the original, but the, they've got to be deeper inside the stumps because they've got to connect with the wiring yeah, to sure. be able to light up because sure. it's the zing bells. So, well, they probably should well, they may, they may change the ruler touch and say that if, 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 if they do light up, then you're out. Uh, you yep. know, it, it, yeah, because if the bell goes up and lands again, well, then you're fine. It's not out. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, so then they might have to, if, if they carry on this way, is change the rules of touch and if it hits the stumps and they light up, then... You're on, your, you're on your way. But the thing is, they didn't light up last time, though. So That is the problem. Yeah, so, so I'm thinking, I mean, why, why don't you just hit the stumps? So if you can see, I mean, like a snicker, 
you can see it hitting the stumps and that's not. Because if you look at it this way, you've got an LBW decision where they come up with, with Hawkeye. And if, it, if you're clipping the stumps, then that's out. According to Look, technology, I, like yes. at. I prefer guys getting out than staying in. So <laughs> I was being, being a, being a, a bowler, yeah. <laughs> Look, the rule's been there for years, or the law, it's, it's not really a rule in cricket, it's a law that, that the bells have to come off. Uh, so maybe they can, you know, instead of changing rules or anything like that and getting it too complicated, they can have a look at the bells and have a look at the zing, which I think has been a great addition to cricket. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, it is really cool, and it, and it helps the third umpire, especially with, uh, with, uh, with, with runouts. Although maybe now it's not because it, you know it's it's doing it a bit later, but maybe just have a look at their sort of uh, their hardware and see if they can change it to 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 you know to not be so difficult to bowl someone out. It's the ICC though, so we can expect this in about a year or two. It was Pat Simcox. If you're got, lucky, yeah. <laughs> it was Pat Simcox who got bowled through the stumps and wasn't out. Is yeah, that Mushtaq, Mushtaq Ahmed, I think, was the bowler, or Siklain Mushtaq it was Mushtaq Ahmed that bowled him through the stumps, and uh, but um, obviously a bit wide. <laughs> he was. <Yeah>. I think <laughs> so he got a few runs there. I think he got so 60, he got 70. There, yeah. He was batting with Bouncy, if I'm not mistaken. They put on a, a century partnership. Was Wasn't possible. it the highest? I think when the two of them were batting, it was the highest tenth wicket partnership in in history at the time. I, I think it still stands to Could this well day. Could well be. Could well be. Uh, another interesting talking point from there. Yeah, there are plenty. Uh, Virat Kohli and Steve Smith. Uh, that was quite a nice touch from Virat. Uh, publicity stunt. Uh, did you see it at all? I, I did see it on. Uh, I, I saw the highlights of it, and and as I suppose good on Virat. You know, it's, I think that those two guys have now got enough punishment for. For, for, for what happened, uh, you know, I thought the punishment was too hard in the first part, in the first place. Uh, you know, you got guys that match fix and, 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 get, and get lesser terms. So, you know, they didn't certainly do that, although, you know, some people see it as a form of cheating. But uh, I think that they've served their punishment. Uh, you know, if, if, the problem is if you're in Australia and you're going to do something like that and you go to England at the World Cup, you're going to get a bit of stick. It's going to happen. Trust me, if it was two English players and they went to Australia, you'd be hearing a lot worse than booze. So it's going to happen. It's not nice to see. And... Nice of Vera to stand up for them, but I'm not sure it's going to change anything. Speaking of which, did you guys see that thing on social media with Adam Z- was it Zampa? Who had yeah. something in his pocket and someone... Yeah, guys, we're now touching on straws. It's hand warmers that happens all the time in the oh, UK. Okay. It, no, you clarified it. It, it, is that time yeah, of the, yeah. it is that time of the year where it, it is not, trust me, it is pretty cold yeah, yeah. in the UK. I almost said something else about the cold. But it is pretty cold in the, in the, in the, in the UK and uh, you know, they put the hand warmers in the, in the pocket. It, look, it, look, it looks wasn't bad. too clever of him to do that and then yeah. sort of like, but he's trying to warm up his hands and, and I mean, you can even see it when he, uh, the one camera angle shows you clearly that it's one of those, it almost looks like a little sachet of, 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 of sugar and you break it and it keeps your hands nice and warm so that you don't okay. snap your fingers. Do, right. you, do you put it in the microwave or does it just heat up no, by breaking you just, it? No, you literally just break it and it heats up in your pocket. It's, uh, it's a pretty integral part of blank county cricket or any cricket in the UK. Guys do, do use them. Um, again, I hear we got guys I'm not smarter than rubbing it on the ball. Or, you know, it looks like he's concealing something, but he's not really. He's just keeping his hands warm. Look, I, I think if this came out uh, a year and a bit ago, no one would have batted an eyelid. But uh, given what we've seen over the course of the last couple of months, uh, everyone is watching with an yeah, extra eye. I'm not smart. Maybe if you're going to do it, then you know, hold, the, hold it so everyone can see what you're doing. And, and, you know, but it, it literally was, uh, you know, it, would be, it would be pretty doffed to have anything that changes the ball in your pocket run about now, especially if you're Australian or if anyone, because they're really looking out for it. And we've seen it can, it can almost ruin careers. Big thank you to New Balance for sponsoring the Proteus Cricket Tops, which uh, we have been giving away over on social media. Uh, all you need to do is answer a question, and we, it's yours, probably, uh, once we put it into the draw. Uh, Paul's got the question this time around. Do I? Yeah, you do. Okay, we want to, what, what, what question what do you, along the lines of cricket? Yeah, yeah, it's up to you. Okay, I wasn't really listening to you there. I thought you were doing an advert, so I didn't even hear what you said. So you want a question yeah. about 
Cricket. About cricket, uh, to give away a New Balance Proteus top. No pressure. Okay, what was the name of the company that put in Abby de Villiers' hair implants? <laughs> That's a great question. Thank you very much. Getting to the root of that question. Getting to the root of the question. Ah, <laughs> oh, lovely. Uh, okay, cool. That is your question. Maybe they'll be one of the show sponsors after that one. You <laughs> never know. You never know. Uh, I, I need them. Um, okay, that's uh, pretty much done and dusted uh, for the show. What else do we have? Uh, speaking of kit, actually, what do you make of uh, the Proteas having to change their kits in that second game against Bangladesh? I didn't even know they did. They changed their kit. They, oh, they wore okay. their T20. They their wore T20, their T20, T20 yellow. Kit. Um, I'm not sure the reason and for it. What was the reason behind that? The official reasoning is the ICC has now come out and said for World Cups, you can't have two teams clashing in their color. Understood for rugby and football. But I mean, uh, I suppose the fact that someone's got a bat in their hand and otherwise got a bow, okay, well, it's easy to a, determine the difference. Maybe you should sort these things out before the World Cup. Just a, just a theory on that one again, you know, but we're not... Uh, the best organising on, 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 on both uh, Creates Africa or the ICC's part, but I suppose uh, luckily they had a second kit there, or they had to maybe ship a kit up. Uh, apparently they were told about it beforehand, so that's why we had the T20 kit there. Oh, okay, but that's interesting. That's, that's very odd. I've never heard of that happening in cricket before. It's strange. I mean, if, if you look at the, the teams, so you've got 10 teams, and I think there's only five different colours amongst the 10, seven of which are, no, five of which are blue. So yeah, it's bizarre. It really and it's going to pop and up and a and couple and of times. And the, and the kit colors change so often. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, we, we generally we've been green and gold. Um, exactly. And you would imagine it would stay green and gold. And it goes through. It's definitely not. It's well, it's definitely green in there. I'm not sure, sure, sure about gold. And it looks more towards the sort of Pakistan uh, type of of clothing. I quite like the look of it. I mean, I don't have. I'm not a, a fashion guru, but I quite like the look of it. And um, you know, if they, I suppose if they're told before the time, they were told before the time. Seeing as we're speaking of kit, we've got to just uh, clarify that famous story with Graham Smith when he came out to bat with a broken hand, the third test, uh, wearing your jersey, was it? It was, yes. He wasn't supposed to bat at all and happened to, um, my obviously as usual got out, so there was someone's <laughs> kit available that would, uh, that would fit the big man and uh, he went out and uh, had my, uh, my lunch curry stain on the... <laughs> On the, on the shirt, so you went out and batted. He didn't look the part, but he never really looked the part, did he, uh, old, old Graham? Uh, he was mighty effective, I'll give him that. But uh, unfortunately, we couldn't pull that test match through for a draw, but uh, it was a famous test match in Sydney where he was super brave and went out there with a pretty much broken elbow and, and shattered hand and went out and, and, and almost did the business at the end there with Mackay and Tini. There's a great video doing the rounds a couple of days ago at the commentators when they had a bit of time off during the plenty of rain that, that we've seen over the course of the last couple of days where they actually went and played indoor cricket uh, just behind uh, the commentary box. And uh, Graham was not out throughout. And he was facing the likes of Wazim Akram, etc. And they just couldn't get through that defence. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, he probably had the game face on straight away when, uh, when he went in. He was, he was that kind of cricketer, Graham. You know, he would uh, he'd be joking and fun and off the field. And as soon as he went on the field, he had that sort of uh, steely look about him where his eyes almost looked glazed over and he was, and, and he was, he was in game mode and you know, comfortably you know, the best, uh, best captain I played under. Technically, he could still be playing. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people say he retired far too early. And I suppose for some people, they would rather be in the case where yeah, you retired too early. You still could, you know, you, you go out on your terms type thing. And, and I mean, imagine a Graham Smith now. What would he be, 37, 38? He'd be 38. Look, I think we've already got one uh, unretirement, uh, and then it's enough for one World Cup. So uh, 
I think I'll just it, leave it there. Let's just we? leave Graham Smith in the commentary box because you never know what's going to happen in the, in this World Cup. The so, victim midfield of cricket. No, no, no. Please, let's 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 leave Graham exactly where he is, and he's he's, he's doing a fantastic. I think he does a fantastic no, I agree job with you, in the 100%. in the com box. He's uh, he's he really has uh, has done well doing that. I really enjoy listening to him and. Uh, you know, getting his knowledge out there, and maybe hopefully uh, sometime he can be involved in, in South African cricket at a coaching level. Well, my favourite story regarding how early he did retire was the fact that him and Stephen Cook opened the batting together for Kez. And once Graham retired from international cricket, only then did Stephen Cook make his test debut. That shows That's you. crazy. Yeah, yeah the, he had still had plenty, of, uh, plenty left in the tank. But he admittedly said so, that uh, he retired a, a little too soon. Uh, that uh, pretty much wraps it up. Speaking of legends, though, before we go, uh, we featured Kahis Robada uh, a few days ago talking about his dream 11. It wasn't really a World Cup 11, although it could have applied to it. So I asked John G. Rhodes, uh, what did he think uh, would be the best uh, side to, to take on the World Cup uh, as far as an international side is concerned? I did say, though, he had to name players that he's either played with or against. So he couldn't name a Viv Richards, uh, although Jonty is fairly old now. Yeah, how so, old is Jonty now? Jonty's uh, about, what, early 40s? No, he's uh, older, I he's he's older than I am. He's about 50, isn't he? I'm, uh, early, I'm early 40s. He must be late 40s now. Actually, yeah, you're Jaunty, right. Yeah. Okay, well, let's have a look what he had to say. Uh, first, he said it's impossible. He can't do it. And I said, okay, cool. Then I left it at that. And then uh, 10 minutes later, he sent through the list. So he was keen to get it out there. Um, first up, he said, opening the batting, Gilly and God. And... Uh, Wait, God. Yeah. Session. Yeah, yeah. Session. Uh, okay. But I, I did have to ask who it was. <laughs> and he replies saying, Session with 18 question marks. Come on, man. He's 49. 49. That was close. She's the youngest looking 49-year-old in history. Um, so he's got... All the yoga. Yeah. Call Google. <laughs> so he's got God and Gilly up front. Sachin Tendulkar and Adam Gilchrist. Third, he's got Ricky Ponting. Fourth, uh, Brian Lara. Five, Michael Bevan. Six, Lance Klusner. Then he's got Wazim Akram. Then Warney. Then Pigeon. Glenn McGrath. Uh, who is Binger again? Bradley, Lee. Almost said Jet Lee. So many <laughs> nicknames. <laughs> and that quick. <laughs> and finally, he's got Murley. But he says, depending on the surface, one or two spinners. If one, oh, sorry, no. He says, if one spinner, then he'll go Warney. If two, then he'll go Murley. So going through that side, Sashin, Gilchrist, Ponting, Laura, Jacques Callis. Sorry, I missed him. Uh, Bevan, Klusner, uh, Wazemakram, Warney. Glenn McGrath, Binger, and then Morley if he's going for two. That's formidable. Not a bad side. Yeah, not bad at all. Eh? Yeah. It should be maybe Harris, 12th man. Yeah. Too. Very, very good in the pub these days. Yeah. <laughs> Great in the that's pub. About, that's about it. And fantastic <laughs> if you need a jersey. Just, just need a wet wipe to, to come with it. Harry, it's been great uh, co-hosting this with you. Uh, we'll do it again in a couple of days. Thanks, guys. It's been, uh, been lacquer, exciting. Uh, hopefully we can have uh, a bit more of a positive chat about South African cricket when we do this again. After that enthralling victory over Afghanistan. Has to be. Has to be. Cheers, guys. Cheers.